Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative of Living Strong Consulting, and we are continuing our conversation around health, healing, and wellness. And I am so excited that this is our episode 100. Boom, boom, da, da, da. <laughs> I'm so excited that um, we have been blessed on this journey to actually reach 100. And I'm especially excited to be able to share this moment with a very special friend, supporter, and colleague. And you know, when you encounter people and your paths professionally cross over and over again. So my path has crossed our guests um, in multiple ways, whether it be early childhood education, our um, work on the executive board of Black Women's Educational Alliance. And just most recently, we went on a journey together in the Girlfriend Gathering. Regardless, this woman has been a genuine heart and friendship Mm -hmm. for me in my spaces when I have been scared at times, when I've been happy at times, and when I've been mad. (laughs) (laughs) There have been intersections. And I don't know if she realizes, but there was a moment in time when it sealed it for me. There were, we had actually only known each other for a short period in time. And I was speaking in a space that was um, that did most of the people in the room did not look like us, and I remember it was a very expensive conference, mm-hmm. and yes. I did not expect anyone I knew to be there because of the price tag of the conference, how far it was, all of that, and I arrived, and there were more, there was more than one table <laughs> of sister friends there, and I was so filled with peace and joy, but it was a conversation when I came up to Dr. Tori and I said to her, I can't believe that you're here. And she looked back at me with such a loving face and said, of course I'd be here. And I said, oh, she, she's a friend for good. This, (laughs) I am keeping her (laughs) for good. And and that has, I literally feel like that um, solidified our relationship. And I am so thankful to be able to share this moment with you, this season and time, especially talking about something so important as healing. Yeah. So I've shared a little bit about my personal connection with her. Let me just give you the background on the credentials <laughs> of Dr. Tori Robinson. She serves as an early childhood administrator in the school district of Philadelphia. Over the years, she has served in a variety of roles in education, including a classroom teacher, early childhood coach, instructional specialist, a professional development facilitator, mentor, adjunct professor, and she holds her doctorate degree in education with a strong focus on instructional leadership. 
Dr. Tori has Pennsylvania certifications in early childhood, elementary, and administrative principal K-12. Dr. Tori Robinson uses her knowledge and her experience to live in her passion of serving children, families, and educators within our community. But her story, as many of people of power and purpose, it has a side in which she has been able to not only professionally tap into work, but also uh, an opportunity to tap into a passion. Dr. Tori began practicing yoga after a traumatic experience. Yoga has helped her find her way through a a state of high-functioning depression. We have had a couple of conversations, especially with women of color and operating in spaces of functioning with depression, but finding resources and ways to move beyond it. She went to work every day, interacting with others as she was expected to do. And most of the days came home from work and literally crawled into bed. And I know that is a story and an understanding of some of us, a part of our story. But in 2019, Dr. Tori became a certified 200-hour registered yoga teacher. And her yoga business, Asana and Beyond Yoga and Wellness, was created to provide yoga and wellness to the BIPOC community. Having practiced in spaces where no one looked like her, Bringing yoga to diverse populations is especially important. Yoga and mindfulness support social emotional development through the mind and body connection. And her goal with Asana is to create an inclusive experience that allows participants to find balance and restoration through the mind and body. Woo! I tell you that so from a personal and a professional mm-hmm. side, you know why this is such a special moment to share episode number 100 with my sister friend and professional colleague, Dr. Tori Robinson. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am honored to be here. And I did not know um, that connection. Yes. And I remember saying that, and I meant it with all my heart. And I felt it. And I knew, like, when I tell you I was scared, I was in a space that was unfamiliar. And we're going to talk about the power of grounding tonight. But it was a space, and actually the coordinator of that particular event asked me to be there because traditionally women of color were not keynotes no. in that space. Mm-hmm. So I was, I believe, if not the first, I was one of the first mm-hmm. that they were having actually keynoting the entire weekend. And for you to say, of course I would be here. I was, oh, I was like, that's sisterhood. That's sisterhood. If you want, if you want to know how to have people in your circle, see how they show up when you're afraid. Mm. And they can be that grounded place. And I had no idea. I knew I wanted to be there to support you, but those feelings. Because you always show up for me when I'm afraid, when I'm angry. I never, even when you were just saying that, I'm like, Vidra, angry? Like, when? (laughs) When? (laughs) 
So um, I'm just grateful that for our friendships. Yes. I'm grateful for the professional spaces that we've been in together mm-hmm. and how you continue to show up for me. So that just warmed my heart that I showed up for you like that. Yes. Healing, wholeness, and wellness. That is what our entire journey is about for Epic Four Season 8. And I know that you have had flip side moments. And I'm I'm curious what your flip side moment was that led you to yoga. Mm-hmm. How did you make it? What, what clicked that had you in a yoga class? Yes. Yeah, so um, as you read in my bio, I had a traumatic experience. And um, it just left me broken uh, in a space of self-doubt, just... You know, we always have to show up as strong black women. Mm. And I have been a strong, independent black woman for as long as I can remember, right? So yeah. this experience happened, and I, I just didn't know which way to turn. And I um, became very introverted, you know. Mm-hmm. I, like like you said, mm-hmm. I, I did what I was supposed to do every day, right? And when I finally started talking about it, I was very angry. Mm. And I remember walking my dog one day, talking to my best friend on the phone and just telling her how angry I was. And to the point where she was like, listen, you got to get help because you starting to scare me. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. She convinced me to go to therapy. I went to therapy. And, you know, that helped. But it still didn't get me out of their bed. Like, Mm. you know, it didn't get me out of the bed. So my therapist suggested uh, mindfulness meditation, and she told me to get some CDs. And I'm not going to say who the author was because he's world-renowned and he's wonderful. But at the time, I couldn't relate to it. I couldn't sit still and quiet my mind. When I sat still, I wanted to go to sleep because Mm -hmm. then I didn't have to deal with the pain of this situation, right? Mm -hmm. So I couldn't do the mindfulness, you know, she kept encouraging me and what he was saying made sense, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. When I said still, it was like shut down, not Mm -hmm. listen to somebody teach me how to meditate. So um, one day I saw a flyer about a yoga program, eight weeks long beginner program. Once a week, it was Tuesday evenings. And I said, you know, what? I'm going to try that. And I tried it. And I just felt amazing. Like after that first class, I felt amazing. I felt like, okay, I can do this. I can figure this out. I can claw my way out of this abyss that I created. Well, not necessarily I created, but that Mm -hmm. was catapulted from that incident. And um, I just started doing yoga. And since then, I've been practicing. And it really helps me deal Mm -hmm. with difficult situations. It just helps me ground myself. And it immediately takes me back to the understanding of the work that trauma is not just cognitive, that it resides in our nervous system. I was just talking with a panel of entrepreneurs um, this morning And one of the business owners asked, what is a daily ritual that helps you 
to stay at the top of your game. And I had to share with them that recognizing the stress and the things that we are going through are not just in our head. Mm -mm. They're in our body. They are. And it sounds like as you experienced that yoga class, there was a release of some kind. Definitely, definitely a release. Because for me, whenever I'm stressed, even everyday stress, I hold it in my neck and my shoulders. And it gets so <laughs> tight and I can't, you know, and then it it leads to a headache. You yes. know what I mean? And yeah. it's so many, it just trickles throughout my body. So I know that I need to get up and move. If my lower back is starting to hurt, I know I haven't practiced yoga in a few days. I need to get mm -hmm. myself together. If I get that stiff neck, I know, okay, you, you've gotten out of sync. You need to get back on that mat. Yeah. 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 And I don't think people really understand necessarily the powerful connection between our mind, our body, our our thoughts, our decisions, it's, it all is actually interconnected. So you started this class, you fell in love with it. How did you, how did that lead you to teaching, <laughs> teaching yoga? Not all of us go to a class we enjoy the class. So, you know, I, I started a class in late 2008, early 2009, right? So from that point on, I practiced, I didn't practice daily because I couldn't afford to go to a studio every day, but I practiced. And as I practiced and went to different studios, I, I didn't always feel welcome mm. you know, because folks don't look like me. Mm -hmm. And then when they did, there would only be like two in the class. Most of the time in the early years, I didn't see any black instructors. Wow male or female mm -hmm. towards the later years I did. So I always signed up for those classes. Mm -hmm. um, and being on my mat is my happy place. So I have two uh -huh. happy places, <laughs> the mat and the beach, right? <laughs> yes. So I learned that for myself because in the beginning, I would get on the mat, look at what everybody else is doing, look at how their bodies look. And I'm curvy, so my body don't look like that. When they say tuck, I'm tucking, but you might not be able to tell. <laughs> so, you know, I had to really learn that, Tori, this is your happy place. Like, oh. you get on this mat, shut them people out, don't worry about what they're doing. Wow. But I did that so much that it was like other people might feel like me. Maybe I need to be standing up in front of these classes and teaching so that they feel more comfortable. Because I feel like, you know, as we grow and we learn, we develop toolbox or a, a, what else they call it? a bag of tricks. Right. Yes. So for me, yoga could be a bag of tricks for somebody else. Like it might not be something they do every day. Maybe they like running, but now you can add this to your bag of tricks. Yes. So in order to get my community involved, I have to be the teacher because I need people need to see more people that look like them. Representation matters. It matters. Can I ask you, can I lean in and ask you, why do you think yoga, mindfulness, mind-body connection is important for our black and brown communities? I think it's important because of all the trauma that folks have mm -hmm. experienced, mm -hmm. because of the systemic racism that we experience every day. You know, um, 
we're taught so often that we're not enough, that we're not worthy. So I feel like yoga, like I said, is one more tool <laughs> to help you get in touch with yourself, mm-hmm. to to realize that, yeah, I am worthy. Mm-hmm. And, and doing these things makes me feel good. Yeah. Because every time I do yoga, whether I do it at home or I do it in a studio, I feel good when I'm done. I wow. feel like, okay, what's next? <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> about what's about to happen next. You're, it literally is opening and releasing your mind. Yeah. Yeah. There was something that you just said that I feel is so powerful and is actually transferable because I think we all can get into a space of not feeling enough or feeling small because we're so busy looking at other people's mats and saying, I don't, I don't look like that. Mm -hmm. So therefore maybe I'm not enough in this space, but your ability to lock into this is my happy place. I think that could set some people free, whether it's yoga, (laughs) whether it is work, whether it's your cubicle, whether it's your kitchen, whether I don't look like, I don't necessarily look like somebody else. And I don't have to. You don't have to. Oh. Yeah. I'm here to talk about yoga, but I'm for people finding what works for them. Yes. What works for them. And be okay with doing it the way that it brings you joy. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So not necessarily that everybody has to start yoga, but why could or should somebody consider trying yoga? I think people should consider trying yoga for that mind-body connection, you know, because you're using your body to connect with the movements and you're using your breath. Mm-hmm. You're using focus, mindfulness. Um, there are so many benefits to it, health benefits. It helps with your flexibility. It helps you to build muscle strength, um, increase balance. And I'm a woman of a certain age, so I need to work on that balance. I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, it's been known to ease back pain. Like there are studies. I don't have all the st- statistics in front of me, but there are studies to show that it helps physically, mentally. It mm-hmm. definitely helps with de- depression. I'm a testament of that, but there's mm-hmm. research on that as well. Um yeah. Yeah. So those it's are some of the reasons. The the when we think about as we're getting older, I'm a grandmother now, I own it well. Um the the understanding that flexibility um will help us stay functional for longevity is is such a powerful understanding. I've been trying to incorporate yoga and stretching more consistently. So, you know, I'm a runner, so I love to run. Mm -hmm. But what I found is as I'm getting older, if I don't intentionally incorporate something that has me stretch and and, um, almost restore the muscles after the run, I wake up and hobble out of bed. And so I so appreciate understanding that I don't have to do it perfectly because I also, I do not look like the people in the video, mm-hmm. but I'm, I understand that if I'm going to have longevity in what I'm doing, I have to invest in stretching, 
in in restoring. Yes. And I, I don't know that we always give ourselves that permission hmm. to slow down, pay attention to where I'm tight. Yeah. What's not what what is what's so tight that I'm not able to get up from my office chair without saying, Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what would you say is an opportunity we have when we think about yoga in not only adult spaces, but in spaces with children? Mm. <laughs> spaces with children. I see the smile. I knew you were waiting for us to get to this conversation, <laughs> blending both worlds together. Yes, yes, because, you know, uh, working with children children is my calling. That's what I was put on this earth to do was to work with kids. So I had to figure out how to make this new passion because it's relatively new um, to me, relatively, when you think of my calling and being born to do it mm -hmm. and then this coming into play, how to incorporate it with children. So um, in the last, I'd say in the last 20 or so years, I noticed a shift in early childhood, uh, a shift to more academic and less social emotional. Mm -hmm. So what that began to play out, uh, like in the classroom setting, when I go to classrooms and support teachers, is the expectation for behaviors was different than mm -hmm. when I was actually a classroom teacher. Like we spent a lot of time working on social emotional skills, which includes self-regulation, self-help, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And the children still did very well. They were still academically successful, but we spent a lot of time on that. With that shift, there's not as much time spent on teaching children those skills. So then everybody thinks that the children have behavior problems. And mm -hmm. it's like, uh, no, they don't. They're developmentally appropriately responding to yes. what's happening in the classroom, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I did a lot of studying on the social-emotional connection with children, and I actually did a program evaluation as my dissertation of a program, a social-emotional program for children. And since that's always swirling in my head, you yes. wrote a dissertation before that kind of becomes your life. <laughs> yes, it does. So then I started thinking about, well, how does yoga fit into that? Mm -hmm. And it fits in perfectly because mm -hmm. you're helping children to move. Mm -hmm. You're helping them to be mindful of all of the things that are happening in their life. You're helping them to learn breathing techniques that will help them in moments of stress because children, especially young children, and we work in early childhood, so they don't have the words to always communicate what they're feeling. They can't always express that. So using yoga and mindfulness practices, which includes breath work and movement, you can kind of teach them some things to help regulate their bodies and help them to make better choices. Yes. So when I think about really kind of parking in that space for a moment, because I think sometimes parents will think because um, they're young, they'll just forget what they saw, what they heard, what they experienced, or the loss that happened. Mm -hmm. And they don't just forget, it actually just gets stored somewhere inside their nervous system. And 
Um, many people know I love the the book, The Body Keeps Score. Mm -hmm. So being able to give them a tool, even when they don't have the voice or the language, could absolutely continue to create the foundation for the academics to sit upon. Absolutely. I know that you share representation is important or has been important as you have become an instructor or have seen yourself in other spaces or not seen um, people look like you in other spaces. Why do you think for black and brown children, yoga might be something that is vitally important? I think it's especially important for our children because our children experience so much more. They mm -hmm. experience, their experience is much different than people who are not black or brown, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like yoga, a lot of times with children, right? Little children, they come home and teach their parents things, <laughs> you know? They come home and say, look what I did in school. So one, teaching them, it might filter to their parents. They'll get interested and everybody will want to do it. But at this age, it's important because they just can't communicate. And mm -hmm. we need them to get that out of their bodies. Like, mm -hmm. stop harboring that negative energy, get moving, and teach others. <laughs> yes. So if I were a teacher and, or even a parent, if I'm a parent or a teacher and I'm listening, what are some first steps you would suggest for me to take to begin a practice with my little person? So some first steps I usually take when I'm working with children is teaching them mindfulness first. Like, um, so mindfulness is just being present in the moment. So I might use a bell and um, it, you ring the bell and you ask them to settle down once the bell has settled down, mm -hmm. right? So they could be dancing, moving, playing. When you ring the bell, you're going to sit down, cross your legs and just breathe. Mm -hmm. Right. So we might start mm -hmm. like that. Uh, we could use a feather and hold it and blow it and know it, notice how it moves mm -hmm. so that they begin to have awareness of breath. There are so many different activities, but there's also resources. So there's mm -hmm. plenty of YouTube videos that help you with that kind of thing. But I would definitely start with breathing. And another activity I do with the children, uh, one of the first activities, remember those pinwheels we had when we were kids. <laughs> yes. They're on a little stick and yes. then you blow them and spin around. Yes. I usually use that. Okay. And if you don't have it, then you have them pretend that they have a birthday candle. Mm -hmm. And uh, the birthday candle, they're going to blow out the, the flame on the birthday candle. So you just pretend and then you have them blow and inhale. So it's kind of like smell the... So it's two things. Smell the flower. So you inhale and then blow out the candle. You blow, blow out the candles. So those are just a couple little breathing activities that you can start with them. And it resets the energy or the stress or the tension that's showing up on the inside. It literally is physiologically releasing for them 
something that they don't even understand why they might be feeling stressed or why they can't actually settle down. Mm -hmm. You're giving them a tool as well as potentially empowering the teacher as well as the parent to figure out some things to calm down as well. Because we always say a dysregulated adult cannot um, regulate a dysregulated child. So it, it starts with us first. It does. And you talk to them about it, though. You're not just teaching the technique. You're going to teach the technique, but talk about when to use it. Like when Mm -hmm. you get angry because Bobby stole your toy, he (laughs) snatched your toy. Yes, you're going to let me know. But we're also going to do something to calm those emotions that you're feeling because you're feeling angry right now. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But let's breathe so we can, you know, kind of settle your emotions and make you feel better. I think about how often I've had coaching conversations with adults who can point back to their childhood where they could not reconnect with their body, connect with being able to express how they're feeling, or their mind is racing so much with what's going to happen next that they're missing right now. And if we could start earlier, because many of our conversations of the stuff that has us stuck now, Mm -hmm. if we pause, we could think back to when or what it was that happened, but we have to be willing to recognize that that's a part of a healing journey. Agree. Wow. So we are already at our first break, and I hope that you have been enjoying this conversation as much as I have. Facebook community, please start posting your questions. Get your questions in there for Dr. Tori, and hopefully we'll be able to share them on air. As we get ready to take this break, I also want to remind you of a fundraiser that actually ends April 30th. As a member of the board of Quest Trauma Healing Centers, it is our goal to have a teen healing camp in the area of Kensington here in Philadelphia. But we need your support. If you go to my page, Dr. Virdra Jackson, and look for our crowdfund link, I'm urging you, no donation is too small, to please take a moment and support this opportunity of contributing to bringing trauma healing to the streets of Philadelphia, and you can be an integral part to that. So either go to my page, Dr. Virdra Jackson and scroll through and find the crowd, um, the crowd campaign link for the fundraising or go directly to Quest Trauma Healing Centers and the link to support the funding. Our goal is to collect $20,000 to run two full week camps with teens in the Kensington area of Philadelphia. And we hope that you will be a part of that. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty 
identity, and purpose. My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit sandracoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. We have been talking with Dr. Tori Robinson, and she has been helping us walk through not only her personal journey of making a flip, of moving out of a place of high-functioning depression. And for those of you who have not heard that term or have not been a part of our previous conversations, recognizing um, it is a depression in which you are, uh, oh, I'll rephrase something that one of our past guests, she gave us a visual of literally for her, depression became such a part of her routine. It was like picking up her purse every day. It was just something she carried with her as she walked out and lost track of the fact that actually she didn't have to pick that purse up or pick that bag up as a part of her day. And she also began to create movement. She started Vicarious Fitness. So we're continuing our conversation of healing, healthiness, wellness, wholeness for this entire season. And we've gotten a couple of questions during the break from our Facebook community. And one question was, so Dr. Tori, how often do you actually practice your yoga? So I practice at least three times a week, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, Ideally, I would like to practice every day. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'm human. So sometimes (laughs) I will take a break and my body tells me I need to start again. So, yeah. Being willing to listen when your body is giving you a signal, be willing to listen and not shame yourself. Just go back and do what Mm -hmm. you know your body responds to. Absolutely. And it sounds like even if you don't do it every day, the goal is to be consistent with what it whatever it is you are doing. Absolutely. So when I'm not doing it every day, it's because I'm doing some other exercises. Mm. You know how it is. Mm -hmm. We're always trying to, as women, we always trying to lose weight. So I had to (laughs) fit some cardio in. I had to do some strength training. So... Yeah. So it's well-rounded. It's, it is moving. Yep. Right. We, yep. we've been talking about how movement 
is also medicine it is. for our body and for our soul. Yeah. Dr. Curry, um, who is a faithful listener, she has asked, what are some moves that seniors can do? Hey, Dr. Curry. So uh, a lot of seniors enjoy chair yoga, and I've done it for our sisters at Black Women in Education Alliance, and I really enjoy chair yoga. So um, there are some moves you can do, and I'll connect with you. And it says how often for seniors, as often as you would like, as often as you would like. I think, again, it goes back to that functionality over time. So recognizing it's not always about running and cardio for as we get older, which my trainer is telling me that he recognizes that I love to run, but unless I start stretching, I'm going to pay for that later on. So there's a powerful, a powerful piece to just getting consistent in, in stretching those muscles as well. Yep. Well, we were talking about recognizing how yoga can be a healing place from childhood straight into the present place of being able to settle our mind, to get present to moments, to practice mindfulness, to pay attention to the moment we're in and stop trying to race to the moment that's in in front of us or continue to try and hold on to the moment that was behind us and we're trying to drag it forward. What would you say is something that you, that has really changed you as you have been on this journey of exploring yoga, not only as a practice, but also as a teacher? What what have you noticed that's changed in you? I feel like, I feel like what's changed in me is perspective. Mm. Um, it's like I can see different perspectives now. It's not just about the way that I see things. It's about the way maybe someone else is seeing it. And I haven't always been that person. And I will say it's also changed. I don't want to say a sense of calmness. So that's what it's brought me. It's brought me a sense of calmness. Like even if I get upset now, it can be. It can leave me quicker oh, than it used yes, to. Yes, yes. And then there's there's something that it brought me that I don't even recognize, but folks who know me recognize that I seem a little bit different. So mm. those are the things that I notice. I just want to touch yes. on something you said before leading into my question when you said um, being in the moment. So mm-hmm. a lot of folks say, oh, I can't practice yoga because I can't be that in the moment like that. I can't. I'm always thinking about the next thing. I'm thinking about what I'm cooking for dinner and all of that. And it is difficult to get to that point. But what I instruct my students to do when I'm teaching a class is, you know, I want you to be in the moment for this 30 minutes that we're doing this class. And when you start to drift drift off, you recognize it and you bring yourself back. So you acknowledge that, okay, I'm thinking about what I'm going to be cooking for dinner. Oh, okay, let me get back into this space. So you just continue to practice that. So you don't have to be in the moment the whole time. Eventually, you'll get there. But when you're learning, just recognize it, let it go, and try and come back. How often do we shame ourselves or get give up on something because of that all or nothing thinking? 
either I'm doing it perfectly and therefore this is the stretch, the exercise, the movement for me, or I'm not doing it perfectly, so that's not something I can do. When actually what I'm hearing you say is, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to restart. So that's the thing about yoga is it's a judgment-free experience. Mm. You come in, you do what you have to do. Don't judge yourself. We're not judging you. Remember, Mm -hmm. you're on your mat. It's your happy place. Zone out and do the best that you can and come back and show up again the next time. And you're just going to get better each and every time. That brings me back to our opening statement. It's literally a space where you're just giving yourself permission. Mm -hmm. But there's something interesting that I heard you say. When you started, you said initially you were starting with breathing and and kind of sitting still mm-hmm. and and the kind of meditative um, tracks or or audio and that wasn't working for you, Mm-mm. but you moved into yoga, but then you were able to also tap back into yes. the medicine. Can you give us a perspective on how yoga may be different and similar to meditation? So, yes, yoga is different because you're actually moving your body. So that's the main difference, because there are meditative moments in yoga because Mm -hmm. you're you're in the moment. You're focusing on your breath and these movements that Mm -hmm. you're doing, these postures, poses or asana, because asana is the poses. Um, So that's the meditative part of yoga, whereas in meditation, There's usually not the physical component. Mm -hmm. It can be, but mostly it's about your mind. So there's walking meditation, but it's it's just a little bit different because Mm -hmm. you're actually focused on connecting your breath to movement in yoga. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a walking meditation, you're listening for sounds or how your foot touches the ground or something like that. So there can be movement. But in yoga, there's always movement. Okay. Okay. What's a special moment you remember about or an experience you remember about um, a yoga, a yoga activity or um, memory? Hmm. Special moment. I think special moment that I remember about yoga is when I was in yoga training. Mm. So it was a very diverse group, but I met some wonderful women there, women, Mm -hmm. and um, there were four of us. And it's funny because everybody's name started with a T. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember one weekend, because we we did it every weekend from July to December. I remember one weekend we were working on... Um, uh, what are they called? Uh, difficult poses, very mm-hmm. difficult mm-hmm. poses. And I got it and I did it and they took a picture and it was just kind of amazing. So I remember that and just being surrounded with sister friends mm-hmm. when I did it. Yeah. yeah. I'm hearing how... Inversion, that's the word. We were doing inversions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing how although yoga can be an individual journey, there's an opportunity to create community. Absolutely. And healing that comes out of that. Mm -hmm. 
by being in a space of celebrating progress together. Um, I think about when you think about the term of um, whether it is women in general or black women who always have to be strong, how does that, how, how do you hold that space with release in yoga? So even though strength is a part of yoga, mm -hmm. when I practice by myself, like mm -hmm. when I do practice at home and most of the practice that I choose online when I'm choosing is restorative. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's a time where I don't have to be strong in that way, where I can show up as Tori, uh, hair down, no makeup on, and just practice. Yeah. And just be vulnerable. Yes. Like I don't have to be perfect in nope. this moment. I actually don't have to take care of everyone else. I could actually just take care of me yep. and restore everything that the world is taking that again, I'm giving myself permission to really do what's going to heal spaces in me. Absolutely. Wow. Lisa says, I love what you shared about one of the biggest changes has been a shift in perspective and finding an increasing ability to see from other perspectives. It's so interesting that a practice that is so centering can actually open us up more fully to the others and to the world. That's so beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you Lisa. Lisa. Yes. <laughs> I think when you were talking about that, for me, it was taking me back to kind of that work that we recognize in, in fear responses. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not in touch with the ability to get grounded and centered, I can actually, my default setting can become fear mm -hmm. and I'm not even aware of it. But what I'm hearing from you is that a consistent practice of grounding can not only help you on the mat, <laughs> but help you when you're actually in difficult situations. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I find myself coming back to the practice of yoga, even if it's just with breath, when I'm having a difficult moment, mm -hmm. I can just, okay, I'm going to breathe. Mm -hmm. Like even preparing for this, when I felt anxiety, I would just stop and take a few deep breaths. Mm -hmm. It literally is an opportunity to create muscle memory that I that you've been practicing. And so in the moment, your brain literally will take you back to, oh, OK, yeah. Yeah. I have a tool <laughs> yeah. in my Absolutely. tool belt <laughs> mm -hmm. that I can connect to. Yeah. So you are actually um, developing a program for children. So we have about seven minutes um, left and see how quickly the time went. Oh, I told yes. her, I told her y'all <laughs> that this time goes by so fast, but I'm so excited as a part of our girlfriend and all of our girlfriend gathering crew that's out there. I want you right now on social media to click the heart button, to click thumbs up and give our girlfriend a celebration as she has continued to relaunch. Yes her business and she has some resources and tools that you want to share with 
early child the early childhood community and children in general. Yep. So what are you doing for children? Okay, so I am working on a six week program. It's literacy based. So there's a book that goes along with each uh, lesson plan that I've developed along with my friend Lisa. Um, and yes, it's for preschool right now. But I did have the privilege of working with older children last summer when I did a little yoga clinic type activity for uh, the Nile Swim Club. So I'm not opposed to working with older, older children. But right now we're just going to start with the young people. And it's really exciting because there's some yoga in it. There's, of course, the literacy and the books are tied to the activities that we're doing with the children. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Wow. A lot of fun. How can people connect with you? Um, and if they want to sign up, where should they go? Okay. So if you're interested in the summer program, I'm a one-man show right now. <laughs> so Entrepreneurship. Uh, Entrepreneurship. There, there may be limited availability, but uh, you can email me at asana, A-S-A-N-A, and A-N-D, beyond b-e-y-o-n-d 94 at gmail.com so there's an opportunity to help little people or young people who may not have the language to express the hurt that they are in and there's so much so many people are talking about what do we need to do with our children? There's so much mental, so many mental health issues that are showing up, so many needs that are popping up. There's an opportunity to give them a tool, even if they don't have all of the words, to be able to release pain that they don't necessarily have the language to articulate. So are you on IG? I am. So on IG, I'm Asana, A-S-A-N-A dot and A-N-D dot beyond. So Nancy posted Asana and beyond, but you need to add the 94. So after beyond for the Gmail is 94. Awesome. Nancy is always, she is always Thank you, on Nancy. <laughs> Overall, as we kind of wrap up, what do you hope ultimately as an impact with Asana and Beyond or just even moving yoga into BIPOC communities? What's something that you are hoping to be an outcome? I hope that through my classes and my teaching, that my students, whether they're children or adults, will have tools, new tools to add to their toolbox to help them cope with the stressors of everyday life, to help them restore themselves, to help them find balance, to help them use the mind and body breath connection to find balance. We were talking about a situation where you were at a particular program, <laughs> and it doesn't take a lot for children to remember and to hold on to. Can you share a little bit of that story? It was so adorable. Yeah, so I was at one of my sites recently, and uh, the way that they go outside, they have to walk through the office. So they walked through. There was like two classrooms walked by. They didn't notice me. The last classroom, I taught yoga to them. 
and they stood at, at the door and they were staring. So I was like, hey, you remember me? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm Dr. Tori. And they was like, yeah, you taught us something. So I said, well, what did I teach you? Well, you gave us something to blow. And I said, yes, I gave you the pinwheel and you learned about breath. And they were like, yeah, yeah. And then one said, you taught us calm. Yes. <laughs> and that was a few months ago. So they still held on to it and made an impact with them. You know what? I always feel like our body is hungry. Mm -hmm. And when it gets fed, even if it, it, it re doesn't remember the whole meal, it remembers what fed it in the moment. And I think about how powerful it can become when we actually create a system, an operation, a consistent place that teachers feel empowered to pause in the moment to remind children, remember your breath. We're all going to stop. Things are getting out of hand. Mm -hmm. Let's pause. I, I, I also hope with movements like yours that we as a field will find a space and a place for it to become a part of the system, not only as an activity, but as a part of routine. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, I tell you, this has been another powerful um, conversation of health, healing, and wellness. And as Dr. Tori told us, you don't have to look like somebody else. You don't have to do it like everyone else is doing, but find your happy place. Own that happy place and consistently make it yours. Before we go, Dr. Tori, can you give them both the email address one more time for our radio listeners, okay, as well as your Instagram page? All right. So the email address is asana and beyond 94. So asana, A-S-A-N-A -A -A and A-N-D beyond b-e-y-o-n-d at gmail.com and then the ig account is asana a-s-a-n-a -A dot and a-n-d dot beyond b-e-y-o-n-d oh, now you all see now why she is such a special part of my heart <laughs> not only does she have practical skills but her soul is just peaceful Thank and you. she is she has been a blessing in my life. So as we again wrap up, I one last um, commercial about our uh, fundraiser. It does end April 30th. So if you haven't taken a moment to help us take trauma healing to the streets of Philadelphia, go on over to Quest Trauma Healing Centers. Their Facebook page, just Google it or um, go right to Facebook and there's a link there to provide support and donation so that we can have two trauma healing camps in the Kensington community. You know, there's opportunities that come uh, around for you to get active, not just continue to talk about the problem, but like Dr. Tori, become a part of the solution. 
We look forward to you staying in this wellness conversation. We will be in the same place. And thank you for joining me for episode 100, y'all. Yes. I cannot believe it. I feel so blessed and fortunate. Thank you. And we will see you right back here, same time, same place next week on the flip side. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.